Hey guys, welcome to our weekly news show here on Backstage with Millionaires. I'm Caleb, your host, and there's a lot of news as usual to catch you guys up on this week. So let's jump right in and talk about the resignation of White Hat Jr.'s founder, Karan Bajaj. Now, this is something that I, and I think also Baiju's, didn't really expect. As just a couple of months ago, Baiju's announced that Karamba Judge would be leading the charge when it came to Baiju's Future School, which is a new offering from Baiju's, which is essentially taking the formula created by White Hat Jr., putting it under a different name, and then spreading it internationally to countries around the world. And of course, it makes a lot of sense to have Karamba Judge leading this and building it for Baiju's, but in spite of that, he is stepping down and he's handing the reins over to Trupti Mukher, who is the head of customer experience and delivery at White Hat Jr. Now, this development is definitely a little bit surprising, especially from the outside looking in. But it is possible that Baiju's saw this coming or they could have seen this coming and they just hoped that things would not get to this point. Maybe they hoped that Karamba Judge would enjoy his time so much at Baiju's that he would just stay on indefinitely. And not to say that he didn't enjoy his time there, but obviously now he's looking at other opportunities. He's gonna be taking a short sabbatical, and then he's gonna go on and start to carve out a name for himself in the public service sector. But typically what happens in these acqui-hire situations is the founders of the startup that's being acquired agree to stay on with the acquiring company even after the acquisition, and they agree to do that for a set period of time in exchange for receiving all of their exit money. And this exit money is conditional upon them staying on. So if they decide to walk away early, then they might not get all of that exit money. So there's a huge incentive for them to stay on and help the acquiring company integrate the technology and the team from the original startup. And it looks like this might have been the case with Karamba Judge. As he's walking away now from Baiju's, exactly one year after Baiju's acquired White Hat Jr. for $300 million, which, let me remind you, was one of the largest Indian startup acquisitions of all time. All right, next up in the news, let's talk very, very briefly about eRupee. This is something that a number of you asked us to talk about, but honestly, it doesn't really have anything to do with startups. It doesn't have anything to do with cryptocurrency, although it does sound like it could be the name of a cryptocurrency, but it isn't. Instead, eRupee is kind of like a voucher system or a gift card system where the government or a company can issue these eRupee vouchers to an individual for a specified use. And that's what makes the eRupee system so valuable. It is extremely specific. These vouchers can only be used by the person that they're being issued to, and they can only be used for their intended use. For example, if the government issues you an eRupee voucher to go and get vaccinated, only you can use that voucher and you can't use it for anything else. Whereas on the flip side, if you imagine a situation where eRupee did not exist and you asked the government for cash to go and get vaccinated and they gave you that cash, you could actually hand that cash off to somebody else. Maybe there's somebody who's organizing some sort of system where they collect cash from the government for these vaccines, but then they use them for other things. That would be a bad situation. And also, even if it's just you and you're individually trying to play the government, 
You could take that cash and go and spend it on literally anything else. You could go and buy groceries, you could go and buy alcohol. But with eRupee, you have to spend it on the thing that it is intended for and only you can spend it. So that's eRupee in a nutshell. I'm sorry that didn't really have anything to do with startups, but I thought it was important to cover. So thanks for listening. All right, next up, this video is sponsored by Jungle Ventures. I know some of you regular viewers are getting very used to me saying this at this point, but Jungle Ventures is one of the oldest and one of the biggest VC firms operating across Southeast Asia. And they've made some pretty noteworthy investments into Indian startups specifically. Now, I wanted to ask you if you could actually speak with Jungle Ventures directly and request a specific video on something pertaining to the VC ecosystem in Asia or maybe specifically India or the process of raising funds, what would that topic be? What, what type of videos would you actually like to see Jungle Ventures making? Leave a comment down below and let us know what ideas come to mind. Or you can also head over to Jungle Ventures YouTube channel. We'll be putting a link to that in the description and the pinned comment down below. And you can actually comment on one of their videos and make a suggestion there. Also, this week, I wanted to highlight a video that they made on how to choose the right investors for your startup. Now, I know a lot of early stage startup entrepreneurs don't really feel like they have a choice. They're just trying to raise money from anybody that they possibly can. But if you have the liberty of time and if your idea is attractive enough to get a couple of investors knocking on your door and you can actually pick and choose, then this video is extremely valuable for someone like you. Here's my favorite clip from the video. The important thing in getting the right terms in your seed round is that those terms will tend to carry on in all of your subsequent rounds. So the investors that come next in your Series A or Series B will always look back to say, what did the investor before me get? And so you wanna ensure that you start off on a really fair footing for your terms because those will cascade through. So if that clip piqued your interest, then you can find a link to the full video, which is only four and a half minutes long. It's really bite-sized in the pinned comment and the description down below. And while you're over there on Jungle Ventures YouTube channel, you might as well hit subscribe too, because they post a new video there every single week. And thanks again to Jungle Ventures for sponsoring this video. All right. On with the show. All right, next up in the news, delivery partners with both Zomato and Swiggy are complaining on Twitter about exploitation by both of these companies, which is a bit surprising if we're just going off of what these companies are saying, which is that their delivery partners have actually seen an increase overall in their salaries since the beginning of the pandemic. But these delivery partners are claiming that that's not the case. And sometimes even they've seen their salaries decline since the beginning of the pandemic, some as much as 60%. And there's a couple of other things that they're claiming as well. For one, they're saying that these companies are not adequately compensating them for the rising price of petrol across India. They're also claiming that they're not receiving adequate bonuses for longer trips, which of course these platforms do allow. Both Swiggy and Zomato will allow someone like me to order food from a restaurant on the other side of the city, which will take the delivery partner a significant amount of time to go and pick up and then deliver to me which is time that they could have spent taking multiple shorter orders, which they would have made more money from. They're also claiming that there's an absence of first mile pay. And the one that I thought was the most interesting is that they're claiming that these companies are sort of in a dishonest way imposing a daily earnings cap. And according to these delivery drivers, they're doing this 
by causing these delivery partners apps to crash or alternatively, they just stop sending those delivery partners orders saying that there's no orders coming from anywhere around you uh, to the point where the delivery partner will just give up and go home for the day. And of course, these delivery partners do not get paid a fixed salary. They get paid based on their performance, based on the number of orders that they deliver. So the fact that these companies might be imposing a daily earnings cap, and yet they're also not willing to offer these drivers a fixed salary is certainly very problematic. And it's getting to the point now where it's pretty clear that somebody is not telling the truth. If you wanna find out more about the delivery partner side of the story, you can check out either one of these two Twitter accounts. But I'm curious to know what you guys think. Who is lying in this situation? Are Zomato and Swiggy telling the public one thing, but then they're actually treating their delivery partners in a different way from what they're saying? Or maybe these delivery partners are scheming. They're trying to get more out of these companies. They want more adequate compensation and bonuses. And so that maybe they're stretching the truth. I don't know. And I'd love to hear what you guys think in the comments down below. But one thing that I do know is that both Zomato and Swiggy have recently been working very hard to improve their unit economics. And one of the ways that they've done that is by increasing their delivery charges, which of course they're saying a portion of that increase is going into the pockets of their delivery partners. Looks like now the delivery partners are saying that's not happening, but I'm not gonna come to any conclusion here. I'm not gonna make any assumptions. I'll let you guys debate about it in the comments down below. And we do read every single comment, so I'm looking forward to seeing where this conversation goes. But one other thing that I felt was worth talking about, I know that Zomato has gone public and so they aren't a startup, but I just thought that this was worth mentioning. Zomato is getting back into online grocery delivery, which is something that they had forayed into at the beginning of the pandemic, but then after the first wave of lockdowns ended, they shut this service down. It was called Zomato Market, but it looks like now they've got this renewed interest. And this might have something to do with the fact that they invested a significant amount of money into Grofers fairly recently. It might not, I'm not sure. I don't know if this is through Grofers, if they're gonna be use, utilizing Grofers to make this happen, but I just thought that it was worth mentioning. We don't have a lot of information about it just yet. And one last thing that I wanted to mention about Zomato here before we move on to other topics is that Zomato is launching a new service called Zomato Pro Plus. You might've heard about Zomato Pro by now. It's a subscription service that Zomato offers. It gives you a bunch of perks and you pay for it on a regular basis. They currently have 1.8 million people using this paid service. So it has been extremely successful and lucrative for Zomato. And so they decided, hey, why don't we go further? Why don't we launch another tier for this subscription called Zomato Pro Plus, which basically gives you all of the benefits of Zomato Pro. But on top of that, you also get free deliveries and no surge pricing on your order. Now, currently this service is invite only. Zomato is reaching out to individual customers to test this out. And depending on the public's response, they may roll this out across their entire user base in the next couple of months. All right, moving on to some IPO related news now. IPOs have now gotten their own category in our videos because it's happening so frequently. So Car Trade is gonna be going public very soon and Policy Bazaar and Nika have both filed. 
for their IPO. But let's start by talking about Car Trade. So their IPO is going to be happening from the 9th of August, which is just right around the corner until the 11th of August. They're looking to raise 2,998.51 crore rupees. And what's interesting here is that they're going to be issuing 35% of those shares to retail investors like you and me, which is very different from Zomato's IPO, where they only offered 10% of their shares to retail investors. And the reason for this is that unlike Zomato, Cartrade is a profitable company. Now, besides this 35%, 50% will be issued to qualified institutional buyers and 15% to non-institutional investors. These shares are going to be sold at between 1,585 crore rupees and 1,618 crore rupees. All right, next up in the IPO news, Policy Bazaar has filed for their IPO. We've been talking about Policy Bazaar going public for a while now. And so it's really nice to have some concrete numbers so that we can actually look into the company and make up our minds about whether this is something that we actually want to invest in or not. Now, I would be offering you guys these numbers in rupees because Policy Bazaar is going public in India, but it seems like the way they've structured it, they've actually used US dollars. Specifically, they've said that they're gonna be raising $800 million, 500 million of which will be in the form of primary shares and 300 million of which will be in the form of secondary shares. And if you look at the rupee values for those numbers, you can understand why I didn't decide to memorize all of those instead. But of course, we do need to acknowledge the fact that Policy Bazaar is currently a loss-making startup. Although they did see their losses drop by half between the financial year of 2020 and the financial year of 2021 from 304 crore rupees to 150 crore rupees, which is a pretty sizable decrease. They also saw their revenues increase during the same time period from 771 crore rupees to 887 crore rupees. So not as sizable of an increase as the decrease in their losses, but still they're moving in the right direction. And the last piece of IPO-related news that I have for you guys this week is that Nika has also filed for their IPO. And this is significant because while Zomato was the first Indian unicorn to go public, Nika is going to be the first profitable Indian unicorn to go public. And of course, the company was also founded by a woman, which makes it even more unique and significant at least in my opinion. Now, Nika is going to be raising $540 million through this IPO at an expected valuation of between five and $5.5 billion. And another thing which makes Nika fairly unique amongst VC-funded startups is the fact that Falguni Nayar, who is the founder of Nika and her husband, actually have a majority stake in Nika of 47% which makes it very clear that this is not a situation where some of the investors in the company are strong-arming the founders into going public so that those investors can see lucrative exits. Instead, it seems like Nika is doing this without a lot of pressure. They're choosing to do this, and they're not under duress, which sometimes happens to startups. The, the stakeholders pressure the founders into going public and the founders have no choice because they don't have a majority stake in the startup. Now, I mentioned earlier that Nika is a profitable startup, but this is actually a fairly recent development. In the financial year of 2020, 
Nike saw a loss of 16 crore rupees, but now in the financial year of 2021, they're seeing a profit of 62 crore rupees. Also during that same time period, they saw their revenue increase from 1,778 crore rupees to 2,453 crore rupees. All right, moving on to some acquisition news now. Professional upskilling platform Upgrad has acquired professional certification course provider Knowledge Hut just a couple of weeks after Upgrad had earmarked $250 million for the purpose of acquisitions and mergers in the name of inorganic growth. This acquisition will likely add roughly $40 million to Upgrad's revenue as that's what Knowledge Hut was predicting they would earn in the next year. And also it'll strengthen Upgrad's presence in North America, the Middle East and Southeast Asia. All right, moving on to some funding news now. EdTech Unicorn Unacademy, which is India's second most valuable EdTech startup after Baiju's, has raised $440 million in a funding round led by Temasek Holdings at a valuation of $3.4 billion. The startup has grown between 80 and 100% over the last financial year. They have 50,000 educators on their platform and 62 million users of which 600,000 are paying subscribers. Unacademy is going to be using these fresh funds to build new business verticals. Specifically, they're gonna be focusing on helping students to get jobs and also helping companies to hire students for those jobs. And they're also gonna be working on improving their upskilling and higher education segments. All right, next up in the funding news, India has two new startup unicorns, Bharatpe and Of Business. Now. Of business is kind of old news. It actually happened last week before we even got a chance to post our weekly startup news video, but it happened so close to when we posted the video that we actually didn't get a chance to incorporate that news into the video. So we thought we would cover it this week first, despite the fact that of business is valued less than Bharatpe and they also raised less than Bharatpe, but it's old news, so we wanted to cover it first. So Of Business is a B2B e-commerce and lending startup that raised $160 million in a funding round led by SoftBank's Vision Fund 2 at a $1.5 billion valuation, making them the 17th startup unicorn in India of 2021. And before you leave a comment down below telling me that they are the 18th Indian startup unicorn of 2021, we don't consider five-star business finance to be a unicorn because the company was founded in the 80s, which means that they're not a startup. And by extension, therefore, they are not a unicorn either. And I'm not sure why the media keeps repeating that. But anyways, Of Business is planning on using these fresh funds for acquisitions and strategic investments because they want to gain more control over their supply chain. They're doing this in an effort to boost their profit margins. And I think it's worth noting here that Of Business is profitable. And they're currently seeing an annual revenue run rate of $1.1 billion. All right, next up, let's talk about Bharatpe, which is a merchant-focused digital payments and lending startup that raised $370 million in a funding round led by Tiger Global Management at a $2.85 billion valuation, which is a 3x jump from their valuation in February of 2021 of $900 million. Now, of course, a very big part of that increase in valuation has to do with the fact that Bharatpe acquired PMC Bank very recently, 
And they're gonna be using these fresh funds to actually make PMC Bank operational by the end of this year. And they're also gonna be using the funds to just grow their existing business as well. All right, next up in the funding news, and if you're wondering why I'm wearing new clothes here, it's because this literally just happened a couple of hours ago. So I'm actually filming this at a later date than the rest of the video. But India has a new startup unicorn, the 19th so far in 2021. This is San Francisco and Pune-based SaaS startup MindTickle. And they've raised $100 million as part of an ongoing Series E round. The last time they raised funds in this round was November of 2020, when they also raised $100 million. And this funding round is being led by SoftBank's Vision Fund 2. And currently, MindTickle is valued at $1.2 billion. Now, I just wanted to throw out a quick statistic here that I found really amazing. Between 2011 and 2018, India's startup ecosystem created 18 startup unicorns. Now in 2021, we're seeing 19 unicorns so far and the year isn't even over yet. So 2021 is definitely shaping up to be one of the most important years for India's startup ecosystem. But in case you are wondering what MindTickle actually does, they help companies, both big and small, to upskill and train their sales team. And they do this by helping those sales teams to improve their sales pitches, and they also offer feedback based on calls that these sales teams have recorded through the MindTickle platform. Currently, MindTickle is being used by more than 2,000 companies around the world. Now, MindTickle is gonna be using these fresh funds to fuel their expansion into markets like Europe and Asia. They're also gonna be using some of these funds for R&D so that they can strengthen their technology stack. And then also they're gonna be using some of these funds to acquire smaller companies so that they can expand their product offerings. And the last piece of funding news that I have for you guys this week is that B2B online marketplace for procuring construction materials Inframarket has raised $125 million in a funding round led by Tiger Global Management at a $2.5 billion valuation, which is a 2.5x increase from their $1 billion valuation in February of this year. Inframarket has achieved an annualized revenue run rate of $750 million, and they're expecting that number to increase to a billion dollars by the end of this year. They're gonna be using these fresh funds to build new business verticals by acquiring smaller players in the construction space in an effort to provide their customers with an end-to-end -end experience. All right, that is all the startup news that I have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you made it this far, then I'm assuming that you did. So please do hit the like button. It really helps us out. And if you haven't already subscribed, now would be a great time to do so because we post new videos every single week about Indian startups, entrepreneurs, and the latest news. Also, big thanks to all of our Backstage with Millionaires members, our unicorns and our decacorns and our hectacorns. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for financially supporting what we do here. But even if you can't afford to financially support us, just the fact that you've made it this far in the video is plenty of help. So big thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Millionaires, and I will see you in the next one.